You've been working on your latest episode all week long. You've written and rewritten the script. You've found the sound effects and music beds you want to use, have your interviews all lined up, and you've already been in contact with some folks to help promo the episode when it goes live. You take your cup of coffee, sit down at the mic, and record what has to be your best episode yet. You nailed the pronunciation, gave your best radio voice, and enunciated the hell out of every sentence. But when you go back to edit, it sounds dreadful. What is that low-level hum in the background, and why does it sound like you recorded it in an empty warehouse? Ugh, the microphone did pick up the dog barking for 15 minutes in the middle of the episode. And how is it that your voice sometimes comes across like you've eaten the microphone, only to sound like you were across the room seconds later? You're frustrated, and rightfully so. You've spent so many hours getting everything right, but you can't put out an episode that sounds like this. You've been messing with your mic settings for the last 10 episodes, and not only is it not any better, it might actually be getting worse. Do you need to buy a better microphone? You don't really have the $400 to spend right now. You think to yourself, well, maybe it's not the equipment, but me. Maybe I'm just not cut out for this podcast stuff. First, let's get those thoughts out of your head. Instead of doubting yourself, let's figure out what could be going wrong and how you can fix it easily and cheaply on this episode of the Queued Up Podcast on podcasting. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Queued Up Podcast on podcasting with me, your host, Matthew Stevens from Queued Up Audio. Your audio has to be on hold. Alongside your content, how your episode sounds can be one of the biggest reasons why listeners tune in or tune out. I'm sure we've all heard podcasts that sound like they've been recorded next to a highway or in a cave. Even if that podcast has great content you enjoy, you probably find yourself struggling to really get into it. Poor recordings make it difficult to immerse yourself into the episode for a variety of reasons. It could be that you struggle to make out what's being said, or it could be as simple as an echo that just makes it sound unprofessional. As a podcaster, you don't want to fall into that same trap. You put in a lot of work writing, editing, and marketing your podcast, so you don't want something so simple to ruin it. Perhaps you want to grow your podcast, but the lack of sound quality is now holding you back. No matter if you've been podcasting for years or if you're about to record your very first episode, everyone can always learn more about improving their sound quality. Now, don't worry if you're not a trained audio engineer with decades of experience. Just so happens, we have some of those here at Queued Up Audio, and they help write this episode. So let's run through some of the most common issues podcasters have when recording and how they can be fixed easily without breaking the bank. This episode of the Queued Up Podcast on podcasting is brought to you by Queued Up Audio. We're a full-service audio agency that specializes in podcasts and audiobooks. At Queued Up, we believe podcasts and audiobooks are an art form that deserve the dedication needed to make them shine. If you're interested in either starting a new podcast or audiobook, or you just want to take your project to the next level, go to mypodcastagency.com and get in contact with us today. Again, that is mypodcastagency.com. One of the most common sound issues for podcasters are echoes. Your voice bounces around the room, making it sound like you're a million miles from the microphone while also recording in an abandoned building. In my opinion, it's one of the most distracting sound issues a podcast can have, and I've been known to skip episodes and entire podcasts that have this problem. There are two main reasons why this happens. The first is that you might be recording in a large room, perhaps with pretty high ceilings. The second reason is that you almost assuredly have too many clean walls. Look, as you talk into a microphone, the sounds from your mouth take a while to reflect off the walls 
ceiling, and floor, returning back to the microphone a while later, giving you that echo effect. By having flat surfaces all around you, you're making it easier for those sound waves to bounce back to your microphone. If you've ever moved into a new apartment or a house that doesn't have any furniture in it yet, you've likely heard that echo effect for yourself. The gymnasium from school is another prime example, with its hardwood floors and bare walls creating an echo chamber. And just like in those instances, when you start to put furniture around the room and hang stuff on the walls, that echo goes away. That's because you're not giving the sound waves a clear path back to the microphone. Instead, it bounces off the painting, absorbing and scattering the reflected sound around the room at odd angles. Those reflected sound waves then bounce off the couch and chair to absorb more of the sound waves while further scattering the reflected sounds around the room. By the time it gets back to your microphone, those sound waves have been broken up and are far quieter, effectively eliminating the echo. Now take a look around your recording space for a second. Do you have any bare walls? Do you have any hardwood floors? Is there some furniture in the room, or is it just a desk you record at in the middle of a room? If you answered yes to any of those questions, it might be time for you to take a trip to a home goods store to decorate. Now, you might be tempted to go buy acoustic tiles online. You know, those foam tiles you've seen on the walls of recording studios on TV and film. While I understand the logic behind such a purchase, they aren't necessarily the saving grace you might think they are. For one, not every acoustic tile is made the same. A quick look on Amazon, there are plenty of sellers pushing acoustic tiles that are a little more than packing material. They don't have the right shape to reflect sound the way you want, and they aren't the right density of foam to absorb anything. In fact, some of these acoustic tiles you might buy are incredibly expensive, and they'll actually make your room sound worse. Now, that's not to say they can't help, but unless you're setting up a professional studio and you know how to place those tiles correctly, you probably don't need them. Instead, save your money and go buy some picture frames and some furniture for your room. Throw a rug on the hardwood floor. After doing that, record a quick sample for a few minutes and notice the massive difference in your recording quality. Echoes aren't the only sound problems podcasters face. That's especially the case as more people are working remotely from home. Suddenly, your house is a bustling center of activity. Your significant other is on the phone chatting away. The dog's annoyed that you aren't playing with them 24-7. Music is playing in the background. The TV is on upstairs for some reason. And whoever is hammering down the street really needs to learn how to drive a nail in under 40 swings. Communicating with people living with you is paramount in this case. You need to find a time that's quiet to record. People can't read your mind. For me personally, I've been telling everyone what I'm going to record, and they've been incredibly respectful of my space and time. I've contemplated installing an LED sign or a red light that I can turn on from my basement to let everyone know upstairs when I'm recording though that might be overkill for your situation. Outside noises that come into the house are another matter entirely. Generally speaking, windows are awful insulators from temperature and sound, so you should try to avoid recording near them. However, not everyone has that luxury. In those cases, I like to put heavy blackout curtains on the windows as a way to further block sound from coming in while still allowing the room to look normal. You could find blackout curtains online, and in big box stores for relatively cheap, and they'll help to muffle most outside noises. Now, aside from barking dogs, screaming children, and construction right outside your house, there are noises you don't even realize are happening around you because you've just gotten used to them. But let me tell you, your microphone hears all, and your audience will too. Prepare like you're about to record a podcast and just sit there, staying totally still and quiet. Listen carefully. What noises do you hear? At the time of writing the script, it's a snoring cat, 
an analog timer for an outlet, the compressor for the fridge, and the occasional car passing by the house. By themselves, none of those noises are too bad, but they're going to combine to create a low-level room tone that has to be taken out during editing. That means more time during the editing phase and a chance some noise are going to still make its way through to the final audio. You won't always be able to turn off every noise, but by paying careful attention, you can deal with the ones you can improve. Finally, you have the perfect recording space set up. Your house is nice and quiet, and there isn't an echo in the room anymore. You re-record your episode, and you feel great about it. Surely, this has to be your best episode yet, right? You sit down to edit, and it still sounds awful? Your voice is thin and tinny. There's still a slight echo for some reason, and your voice gets louder and quieter at seemingly random times. Unfortunately, you aren't alone, and while your microphone is to blame, you're actually the one responsible for it. Microphones have what is called a polar pattern that determines where it will register sound from. Cardioid patterns look like an upside-down heart, least sensitive at the back of the microphone, but still able to pick up sounds from the sides. Supercardioid looks a bit like a mushroom, still having that heart-shaped pattern at the front, but a round stem at the back of the mic, which is great for live events. Omnidirectional is exactly what it sounds like. It's a circle that picks up sounds on all sides, which can be great for live events and conference calls, but it's far more sensitive to poorly set up recording spaces. Finally, the figure eight pattern, which has the same sensitivity to sound pressure coming from the back and the front, while being least sensitive on the sides. It's great for one-on-one interviews where you only have one microphone. Now look, there are a ton of other ones, but those are the most likely that you're going to run across as a podcaster. Now, perhaps even more importantly, you need to know whether or not your microphone is side-addressed or front-addressed. Now, this is something I've rarely heard mentioned before, and it's one of the most common issues podcasters have with their microphones. Front-addressed mics require you to talk into the top of them, much like how you'd think to use a microphone. But side-addressed mics, like that blue Yeti that is so popular amongst podcasters, needs you to talk into the side of it. If you don't, your microphone is mostly going to record the sounds that bounce around the room, not the sounds coming directly from your mouth. That's going to lead to a thin, tinny, and echoey recording you'll sometimes hear in podcasts. While most mics are front-addressed, you should consult the manual that came with your microphone to determine which you have and the polar pattern as well. That's going to point you in the right direction. Literally. With that information, you can adjust your microphone to be in the correct spot. Generally speaking, it should be a fist size away. So make a fist and put your pointer finger up against your chin and move the microphone to just barely touch your pinky. That's the correct distance the microphone should be from your mouth. So make sure you're in a comfortable spot and you're not moving closer or further away when you record. Now, move the microphone off axis. So if your mouth is zero degrees, you're looking for the microphone to be placed at about 30 to 45 degrees off to the side, but point it back at your mouth. This is going to help eliminate the plosives and any breathing that could be picked up by your microphone. If it's still an issue for you, look for a pop filter or foam cover for your microphone to help. I often preach that content is king, but how you deliver that content is incredibly important as well especially if you want to continue growing your audience. If your recordings are awful, full of background noise while your voice is hollow sounding, people are absolutely going to turn away from your podcast, regardless of what you have to say. Because podcasting is nothing but audio, your sound is the content. So make it great. 
It's a fallacy that you need to drop thousands of dollars on professional equipment to sound professional. Though it absolutely helps to elevate your production, no microphone or software is going to be able to fix poor recording quality. Taking the time to set up your equipment properly, running frequent test recordings, eliminating extraneous background noise, and using your equipment properly will have your podcast sounding like you just walked out of a professional recording studio. And that means your audience can focus their attention on your content, the thing you put so many hours into getting right. I hope this episode helps podcasters struggling with their equipment. If you've learned something new, please consider subscribing to the Queued Up Podcast on Podcasting wherever you get your podcasts from and leaving us a review. Or if you just want to give us a shout out or hit us up, reach out to us on Twitter at Queued Up Audio or myself at Matthew S underscore pod. Again, that is QDUP Audio or Matthew S underscore pod.